0: Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hello, hello, friends. Um, I, I don't know about you, here's what I wanna talk about today. Like, I am done with 2022 and there's kind of a lot left as I'm recording this, there's there's like two months left. <laughs> but I am ready. I'm I'm kind of more than ready to just fast forward right into 2023. This year, it was a pretty good year overall. I mean, can't complain in the grand scheme of things, but I just felt like I kept getting dinged with unexpected home repairs and other unexpected costs. I know it's a cliche now, right? Don't buy a house, kids. It's a scam and like I knew that I needed to have an emergency fund for the roof and the plumbing and like maybe something would happen with the electrical but I had not planned for bats and yet bats I have <laughs> so there's a colony of bats that's been living in my attic um there's the good thing is there's zero chance that they can come into the house that's just not possible based on where they are. But they need to be evicted nonetheless, <laughs> and, and it's not cheap. So the the very first estimate I got was $10,000. Um, I shopped around a little bit, and then I got another estimate uh, kind of under $5,000. It might be even less than that still, depending on some details and how they shake out. But but still, like not a fun surprise. And that initial $10,000 estimate really... I mean, I usually feel pretty prepared for emergencies, especially from a financial perspective, but that was a gut punch that like, that that rattled me a little bit. So anyways, um, surprise home costs had some surprise medical bills. Um, I switched budgeting tools this year. I had been using mint and then I was using the, my, my wealth diary tracker. I actually still am using both of those, but, um, I'm like kind of keeping up with them. Although a little more casually than I was before but I've also been using YNAB or called um You Need a Budget and so Because I switched around, another thing that's annoying for me about 2022 is I just feel like I don't have a really clean capture on this year. And so I got to decide what I'm going to do for 2023. I may switch back to my own spreadsheet, but I need to figure it out because I feel like the one thing when you get to the end of the year and you're feeling a little bit over it, you can at least kind of like start to look back at your data for the year. But my data this year is a little bit messy. And so I'm feeling sad about that. But it's going to be really, really beautiful and clean for 2023. Actually, one of the better... <laughs> Sometimes when I want to look back at my data, I actually, instead of looking at Mint or YNAB or my my Wealth Diary Tracker, or I look at my own Instagram account. Because I usually post every month, like, hey, here's what I spent on everything, savings rate, etc. And honestly, half the time, it's easier to do that. So... That's my advice for you start an Instagram account about your budget. It's very fun, actually. So I recommend it. Um, okay, so so like I said, I'm ready for 2023. And I actually just sat down and did a thumbnail sketch of what a budget for 2023 is going to look like. And when I say budget, I just think like what I expect us to spend. I don't budget that much anymore in the sense of like I'm trying to put a limit on what I'm going to spend. It's, it's more of a prediction, I guess, is what I'm trying to say than it is setting some caps for myself. It's just some, some predictions of what I think the two of us will spend next year. So I will tell you what I did in case that's interesting for you. Um, I'm sure everyone has their own way of doing it, but when it comes to getting ready for the year and and wrapping my arms around what's coming, this is what I do. So first I just list out what I think our income will be for the calendar year. So you may or may not have any kind of like bonuses or, um, what's it called? Variable compensation at your job. Um, I have an annual bonus, but it gets paid out in the next year. So like my bonus for 2022, I know is going to get paid in 2023. So when I'm planning for 2023, I'm thinking about 2022's bonus in that. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So like when I am trying to list out everything that I think we're going to have incoming in 2023, what I'm doing is calendar year 2023, regardless of like what year, that might emotionally or philosophically be attached to. You get it. Okay. Um, So it's up to you on like how you want to ballpark it. I always assume that I'm not going to get a raise and I always assume that I'm not going to get a tax refund. So that way, if I do get a raise or I do get a tax refund, I mean, I always know if I'm going to be getting a tax refund or not, but I just ignore it. So I like to ignore those. And then that way my estimates all end up being a little bit conservative and I, I probably out ahead of even where I plan to be, which is where I like to be. I like to, I like to stand back a little bit. So once I have all of my estimated income written down, I pull out what I think I'll pay in taxes and then what I want to invest and then what I'm paying for in housing. So i kind of pull those three things out first. So of those three, one, the tax piece, I use the tax estimating calculator on SmartAsset. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And then um, for the second piece of that, what I think I want to invest in the year, I assume I will max out my tax advantaged accounts. So um, that for me, that's 401k, IRA, and HSA. And then even though I'm also hoping that I'm going to invest beyond that and be able to invest in my taxable brokerage account too, I just leave that out to start Um, so that's how I do the investing piece. And then the third piece is I just put in my mortgage payment and assume that that will be the same for all of 12 months. So, um, again, I write down all my income first and then I take out like the biggest things. And so that's taxes, what I plan to invest and then my mortgage payment. And then after that, I just make a list of everything else, like every budget category I have. So groceries, electric bill, clothes, um, gifts, haircuts, like just anything that I think is going to come up. And I've been tracking my spending for a really long time, like more than 10 years. So it's fairly, like, I don't have to worry about forgetting categories, if that makes sense. The hard part is maybe guessing what the cost is going to be for the year, but I'm, I'm not usually struggling to remember to include all of the categories. And because I've been tracking for a lot of years, I, I also have a pretty good idea of, of what those costs are going to be. So Let's see. All right. So in my process, I've already written down what I think my income is going to be. I have taken out the big ticket items of that's taxes, investments, and housing. And then after I've written down all of those other categories though, like the groceries, the clothing, the utilities, et cetera, I make two columns. And what I do is I write down a very high estimate and then a very realistic estimate. So, I'll give you an example. For restaurants, my very high estimate would be $500 a month. And that's a lot. (laughs) That's probably like on the high end of what I'd spend in any month. Like maybe there were one or two months where I spent $500. On restaurants this year, um, and then so I put that down as my high estimate, and but then a realistic estimate is probably more like two hundred and fifty dollars a month. So in my first column with the high estimates, I put five hundred, and then in my second column, which is my more realistic estimate column, I put two hundred and fifty. So for every category, I do that. I have like, okay, what do I think is? I don't want to call it the worst case scenario, but. And and the reason I'll go on a little tangent, the reason I want to call it the worst case scenario is like, I don't know, a year where I was spending $500 a month in restaurants sounds like a really fun year. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like if I go over my travel budget because all of a sudden there's more opportunity to travel, that's great. So, that's why I don't want to call it worst-case scenario, but on the the high-end scenario and then my realistic scenario. And so I do this all on a spreadsheet and that just makes it easy for me to see what's left over, and that number is what gives me an idea of what I'll be able to invest on top of maxing out my tax advantage accounts next year. Does so this make sense? I realize that like this is audio, and so I'm just describing a spreadsheet and maybe this is easy to follow, maybe this is going to be a disaster of an episode, but I, I think you generally get the idea, right? I'm like, here's all my income. Let me take out the things that I pretty much know I'm going to do taxes, investments, housing, and then let me get a ballpark of like what my expenses are going to be. And then what's left over, like for me, that's kind of, okay, maybe that's how much I'm going to put into my taxable brokerage this year, or maybe other stuff's going to come up that I'm going to want to use that money for. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Now, obviously all of this comes with a huge caveat. I make enough money to cover my expenses. Um, I make enough money to cover my expenses and to hit my investing goals and to have money left over. That is a lot of privilege. Um, I know that I'm super lucky to be in that position, and I try really, really hard not to take that for granted. I do think that this exercise works on any income. The numbers might look different, but I think the point is to identify first what's predictable or like what's very likely to happen. Like I'm very likely to stay at the same job next year. I really like my job. <laughs> So assuming they like me too, (laughs) you know, I'm not planning on leaving. I'm not planning on looking around. So it's, it's highly unlikely that my salary will go down and it's highly unlikely. Yeah. It's highly unlikely that they would ask me to take a pay cut. It's unlikely that I'm going to leave or something like that. So, um, so that's very likely. I'm also very likely to pay my mortgage (laughs) and then I'm more than likely going to fund my 401k, my IRA, they just say it is incredibly likely that I'm gonna pay taxes. Like these are the things that are reasonably predictable. And then once you've identified like everything that's predictable, you're just making a guess on the range for the less predictable stuff. And that's why I like to do a range for those things because you don't wanna You know, put down that you're going to spend a hundred dollars on restaurants every month, and then you end up it's averages one twenty five, and you're like, ah, shoot, the whole thing's messed up now, and it's not right. So I like to make a range because even though it would be really hard for me to predict exactly how much money I'm going to spend on restaurants, for example, next year, it's really easy actually for me to come up with a range. Like I can look at what it's been historically, I know myself, and and I can come up with a range that I'm almost certain to be to be in between. Anyway, so I do this every year. I, I find it like incredibly satisfying. And for me, I'm someone who struggles with uh, having a scarcity mindset. So so just laying out like a plan for the year and seeing what's left over, even on my kind of higher end of spending prediction is really helpful to me in getting past my own anxiety around money and my my own struggles with scarcity mindset. Now, on the other hand, if I went through this exercise and I didn't see many left over, then I would know that I would need to go through and make adjustments and like figure out how I'm going to get things to balance. So I also find this exercise helpful because I really love looking at my expenses on an annual basis. I really love it. Um, it, It's one of my favorite things. I mean, I think the perspective that you get is just like really wild and interesting. I think when you think of your expenses on a monthly basis it it just hits different i guess when you start thinking about it on an annual basis and and the example i'll give you maybe a couple um i or for some reason, really struggled with paying for Hulu with no ads until I did the math. And I realized it was, it was really like $150 a year. And I was like, okay, out of your, you know, the thousands of dollars in your annual budget, $150 a year is nothing. And you're, it's completely worth it. When I put it in, into that lens, I find it completely worth it. On the other hand, something that is, you know, however much a month, like we pay a cleaner about, um, a team of cleaners about 400, I think it's $440 a month. And then, oh gosh, I'm going to do math on the fly. So that's, over 4,000, that's probably about $5,000 a year. Like I'm like, Oh, okay. That's $5,000 a year. It doesn't sound that much monthly for something, but would I rather have $5,000 a year? Like, would I rather go on another trip? Would I rather put that money into the stock market? Now I've made the choice that I'm going to spend it on cleaning, but, but giving it that perspective of what it adds up to on an annual basis or, you know, over five years, how much money that is. I think that that's really helpful. Again, that cleaning ends up being, assuming my math was right, $5,000 a year. That would be $25,000 over five years. Um, But again, going back to that Hulu, I've really struggled with that. I was like, I don't want to pay $12 a month when you know the Black Friday deal on Hulu is usually one dollar a month, but then you know one hundred fifty bucks a year, so seven hundred. Sorry, seven hundred fifty dollars for five years, five times five. Yeah, seven hundred fifty dollars a month. Excuse me, seven hundred fifty dollars total over five years. Like if you took your annual budget times five, and then think about seven hundred fifty dollars out of that total, it, it's really not that much for me. It's not that much. Obviously, all of these examples are a little bit different for everyone. So. Okay, oh man, I just looked at that. this is a long episode for me. I had a lot to say about this, but I am excited that it's almost time for a new year. All the fun resolutions and goals and just like a fresh, clean slate on the budget. I'm I'm pumped. I hope you're pumped. Tell me how you do it. Tell me if this made sense. Just tell me things. You can find me most days on Instagram at list gets Loaded or at Lizgetsloaded.com. Those are those are probably, probably the main ones. All right, thanks. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, you have a couple options. You could just enjoy that satisfaction quietly and privately. Keep it to yourself. But just an idea, you could also share this with someone else who you think would like it. Just a thought. You do you.